Hey family, this is James Taylor, lead pastor of the Heavenly Vision Church, where it is our vision to reach, save, strengthen, and mature. I'm glad you could tune in to this podcast today. I pray that the word will be a blessing to you and help you move towards God's will. Acts chapter 19. And God was doing extraordinary miracles by the hands of Paul so that even handkerchiefs or aprons that had touched his skin were carried away to the sick and their diseases left them and evil spirits came out of them. And then some of the itinerant Jewish exorcists undertook to invoke the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits, saying, I adjure you by the Jesus whom Paul proclaims. Seven sons of a Jewish high priest named Sceva were doing this. But the evil spirit answered them, Jesus, I know. And Paul, I recognize. But who are you? And the men in whom was the evil spirit leaped on them and mastered all of them and overpowered them so that they fled out of the house naked and wounded. Verse 17, and this became known to all the residents of Ephesus both Jews and Greeks, and fear fell upon them, and the name of the Lord Jesus was extolled. Also many of those who were now believers came confessing and divulging their practices, and a number of those who had practiced magic arts both brought their books together and burned them in the sight of all. And they counted the value of them found to be 50,000 pieces of silver. And so the word of the Lord continued to increase and prevailed mightily. For a few moments, we're going to talk on the subject, the dynamics of church. The dynamics of church. I am honored that you're in this room. I do not take it for granted that you're in this room. I believe everybody who's here today, God ordained you to be here. And I believe in Jesus' name that you will receive everything you need before you leave. Amen. So this this passage of scripture is very unique because God is beginning to show us the dynamics of his church. Uh, You need to understand that anything that is worth anything needs to have dynamics. I want to press this upon you before we go any deeper into this conversation, into this sermon, because you need to know that there is more to you than what is seen today. Hallelujah, somebody. Do not allow people in this life to circumference you to who you've been. You need to, you need to understand this truth right now. That you are more than what you are right now. And there is more in you than what can be seen at this very moment. God created every one of you to be dynamic people. He created every one one of you to be nuanced in your expression. 
and your personality is, is, is to be likewise. So please do not ever allow yourself to be circumference to one way of being, understanding that as the day changes, as the season changes, as the year changes, there is an evolution of yourself that should take place. There are dynamics to you. None of us are one-dimensional. All of us have multi-dimensions. And if you ever get into a relationship with somebody that becomes so comfortable with one dynamic of you that they don't allow you to express yourself in any other way, that relationship is sure to either die or kill you in the process. And so when we get to chapter 19, we begin to see the church begin to evolve in a way. And we begin to see some of the dynamics of the church unfold. And, and there are some principles and points I want to share with you that, that will apply to us as a people and even to our personal lives so that we can embrace the dynamics of who we are as a people and our dynamics as a church. Amen. So when we look at verse 11 and 12, we're already in the text. The miraculous occurrences of this verse is reminiscent of that which took place and which is first mentioned. And all you uh, school of ministry students or those who've been in or getting ready to go in, you're going to hear this word. Uh, it's called the law of first mention. And the law of first mention dictates that, there, that, that, that anytime something is talked about anywhere else in the scripture, we need to go back to where it's first mentioned so that we can get a good understanding or build an ideology or at least a theology around that occurrence. So the first time anything like this happens, happens in Acts chapter 5, verse 15. And in Acts chapter 5, verse 15, it talks about how the shadow of Paul, um, excuse me, the shadow of Peter was healing people. Don't miss this. They would put sick people in the street. It would be almost like, like an ER, and they would just put them on, on the sides of the dwellings. And as the apostle Peter would walk through the city, the shadow that he cast would begin to heal people. People who, whoever was in his shadow, when it fell upon them, they would be healed. Now, what's, what's, the, what's the principle behind this? Uh, this? This dynamic miracle took place, watch this, because an image that was being cast or projected onto the people from Peter, that was due, listen to this, to his proximity to the sun. Don't miss what I just said. So because Peter was properly positioned before the sun, because he positioned himself, he took a stance before the sun, those who were following him were healed by what was cast from him. Here's the first point. Miracles can be produced from us if we properly position ourselves in Christ. This is the whole concept. This is the whole idea. The, the, the handkerchiefs and the, and, and the aprons uh, and all of those things. Listen to this. It, 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 is, it is to say that if we position ourselves properly with the sun, not the S-U-N but the S-O-N, if we put ourselves right before Jesus, more miracles can be made manifest in our life. And we ain't got to lay hands on people. We've just got to live in right proximity of the sun. Did anybody hear what I just said? There can be more miracles that come out of your life through your position than through your prayer. Because some of us know how to pray real good, but we don't know how to stand worth of nothing. And so equal to your prayer, 
your position must be important to you. Because it doesn't matter how much you pray if you don't position yourself in the right place. We have to make sure that we are positioning stuff. And so in, in Acts chapter 5, because Peter stood in the right place with God, because he stood in the right proximity of the sun, even the shadow he cast healed people. And this is why, watch this, we can't be mad if we're in the shadows. Because some of us, God put us in the shadows so that we can get healing. I, okay, I'm not going to hang here long. But some of us, we really want to be the big man. Some of us really want to be on the stage. Some of us really want to be the boss. We want to be out in front. And the reality is, when you're out in front, you already got to be together. You already have to receive your miracle. So I, I, it, it would be hard pressed for me to stand here and to give you what God has called me to give you if I hadn't already received. Mm-hmm. See, I, I, I had to sit with my pastor already. Hallelujah. Uh, and and I, I had to make sure that I'm positioned in the right place so that even if you're in my shadow, that you're receiving the miracle that God has for you. And so even if you're the one casting the shadow or if you're the one in the shadow, understand that God has you there to receive what you need to receive or to give what you need to give. Is making sense? Now, uh, relates to Paul's encounter in, in verse 11 and 12. Now, after he had used his handkerchief and his apron, and this presents the product of his work. You know, we got a towel, so we, we wipe the towel, or we, we got an apron because we're working and we're doing different things. That, that, that apron, that towel, it represented his work. Now, his companions would send it to others far away, and they would be healed by receiving it. Here's the second point I need you to understand. Our work in Christ, listen to this, should translate to healing in others. Talk about the dynamics of the church now. Our work in Christ should translate to healing in others. Now, here's the question. I'm not talking about it, it doesn't always have to be healing of cancer. Sometimes it can just be healed from indecision. But my, my question to you is, as you're working, whatever you're doing, whatever God has called you to do, ask yourself this question. Does my work produce healing in somebody else? Because if your work does not produce healing in somebody else, you might be doing the wrong thing. Or you might be doing it for the wrong reasons. Our work, our work should produce, thank you God, healing in others. Does that make sense? Now, let's move forward to, to verses, to verses uh, uh, 13 through 16. Now, when we look at verses 13 through 16, one of, one of, uh, one of the, the more hilarious passages of Scripture. And so it, when we get to 13 through 16, we see, we see that Paul and, and Peter and the apostles, they're casting out spirits. And they're, and they're rebuking demonic forces that have come upon, upon, upon the people of God. And, and they're just exercising demons. They're doing the same thing Jesus did. They're exercising demons. And, and so these, these Jewish leaders who had not yet come into faith of Jesus Christ, they begin to say, you know what? We can do this too. Let me pause parenthetically and say this. Uh, stuff is not always as easy as it looks. It's not in my notes, but I feel like I need to prophesy this to somebody. Please, please stop estimating somebody's work ethic according to what you see. 
Because anything you see before you represents something that took place before you've seen them. Do you hear what I just said? Anything that you see before you is, is, is necessarily a representation of work that was done before you got here. I could not be preaching, and I thank God for spiritual uh, uh, illumination and, and, and prophetic unction. I believe God for that. But everything that I give you is a, is a product of something that has been done before now. And so be very careful that you don't, that you don't ask the Holy Spirit to anoint your riffing. Be very careful that you don't ask the Holy Spirit uh, uh, to anoint your improv. And so, and so the, these guys, they wanted to riff, they wanted to improv because they seen what Paul did before the people, but they didn't see the seasons of blindness that Paul had to deal with. They didn't see the fasting and praying that Paul dealt with. They, they, didn't, they, didn't, they didn't see all the other things that did that led up to this dynamic moment. And, and as we're there, I need you to understand that all of the dynamics that you may be operating with, they are going to be undergirded by the stuff that you do when folk are not before you. Everything that you do on stage, everything that you do under the lights will be fortified by what you do in the dark. I'm going to say that one more time in case you need to write that down. Everything that you do in the light will be fortified by what you do in the dark. And so they began, they began to, 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 to try to do the same thing that Paul did, the same thing that the apostles did. Now, as this, this highlighting of this truth uh, concerning spiritual warfare in the church, listen, we got to talk about this. The question is, why did the demons destroy the sons of Sceva? Why? Why, why did, why did, why, why did, they, did they, they break down the, the, the sons of Sceva? They, they, they adjured them in the name of Jesus, right? They put Jesus' name on it. They said, I adjure you in the name of Jesus that Paul preaches. Why, why, well, they got the name right. So why did it not work? Why did the, the spirits, they submit to Paul's authority, but they didn't submit to the sons of Sceva's authority? Let's dig into this. Because Paul did not rebuke the demons through his own authority. And he legitimately had authority. And some of us, we legitimately have authority. But if we want to see demonic forces be pushed back, we cannot do it in our own authority. Listen to me. He did so through his submission to Christ. The difference between the sons of Sceva and Paul was one word, submission. Let me push this. I, I, I'm not even going, we're not even, let, let, let's, let's, let's fall back off the demons for a minute. You'll be hard pressed to get people to submit to you if you're not already submitted to somebody else. Did you hear what I said? If you are a person who in yourself has a problem with submitting, I guarantee you, people will have a problem submitting to you. But the moment you get to the place to where you develop an affinity for submission, the moment you find the man, the woman, the people, the system that you are to submit yourself to, the moment you come under submission, it will be no problem for you to give submission. 
So when Paul steps up to these spirits, he steps into it not just as an apostle, as an, an authority, but he steps into it as somebody who is submitted to Jesus. And so here it is. When he stepped to those spirits, those spirits didn't just see, watch this. They said, Jesus, we know. Paul, we recognize. Don't miss what they, don't miss the nuance in those, because a lot of times we preach and say, Jesus, I know. Paul, I know. No, that's not what the scripture says. The scripture says, Jesus, I know, and Paul, I recognize. The reason why they recognize Paul, because of their knowledge of Jesus. And Jesus came in the image of Christ. So if you do it in Jesus' name, and if you do it in the power of God, here it is. This is this, this what gave Paul the power. He says, For I am crucified with Christ, but nevertheless I live. Wait a minute. But it is not I that live, but what happened? It is Christ that lives in me. And so what you got to understand is, is that Sometimes we will find ourselves, we laugh at this passage of scripture, but sometimes we will find ourselves being beat up by life too. And if you want life to stop beating you upside your head, you might want to start submitting to the power of Jesus Christ and allow that submission to navigate you through spiritual leadership. Amen? Here's the point that I need you to understand. Our greatest weapon in spiritual warfare is our submission to Christ. I know everybody want to cast out demons and everybody want to push back darkness, but I'm telling you, I'm telling you, here, here, here's the dynamic principle in this regard. Because I, I know a lot of people that, 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 that you know, they're ready, they ready, they ready to, you know, bust the devil in the head. They're ready to put the devil under their feet. But listen, you can't put the devil under your feet, watch this, until your feet are submitted. I think the apostles would be hard-pressed to put the devil under their feet if they didn't let Jesus wash them first. And so we have to make sure that we are submitting ourselves to the power of Jesus Christ. And that is the greatest weapon that we have in spiritual warfare. Yes, we need to pray. Yes, we need to fast. Yes, we need to seek God. But I promise you, if you begin to just live a life of submission to Christ, I'm talking about in your personal life. And, and I'm going to move here, Keenan, but I, need to, I think I need to say this to somebody. There's a difference between submission and compliance. See, when we comply to something, you know, it's, 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 it's kind of it's like, you know, uh, I'm going to do it while you're watching me. But in my spirit, in my emotions, in my life, I still haven't determined that this is the best thing for me to do. And so the moment you're not looking over my shoulder, I'm going to go back to doing what I've been doing. That's compliance. But when we, when we cross over into true submission, submission says, while there is something that I actually want to do, I recognize that what you're telling me to do is better for my life. And even if I'm not totally convinced of it, I, I trust you. And so I'm going to follow the instruction that I've been given. And so we have to, we have to know that, that if we really want to see demonic forces flee, if you, if you feel like the enemy is at work in your house and you want the enemy to get out of your house, watch this. Here, here's, here's what the enemy needs to know. The, the, the enemy needs to know that you're submitted to Jesus. 
Because if the enemy knows you're submitted to Jesus, he knows that he can't have authority in your house. But some of us, we're still wrestling with demonic forces in our house because we're not even submitted to Jesus. And sometimes it's like the enemy is saying, well, shoot, if you don't listen to Jesus, I ain't got to listen to you. We all disobedient up in here. But the moment we submit ourselves to Christ, we find ourselves under an authority. Listen to me. It, 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 is, it is like wearing a badge. The, the, the authorities, the, the police, if they come in here today, there, there are certain things that they would be allowed to do, not just off the virtue of their person, but of the virtue of the badge that they've submitted themselves to. Do you hear what I'm saying? I, I, I need to make sure that this point gets home with you because as we move forward, I believe the enemy is going to try to press you in certain regards, but you got to know when the enemy presses you, you got to go deeper in your level of submission. And here's something I've learned about the enemy. The more submitted you are, the less he tests you. Listen, we only see the enemy come to Jesus twice. Why? Because he was so submitted. That one encounter in, watch this, listen, don't miss this biblical principle. That one encounter in the wilderness, 40 days of fasting, and after 40 days of fasting, the enemy bombards him three times consistently. God in Christ responded with such submission to God in the scripture that the enemy couldn't touch him for three more years. Don't miss this. Three tests. Three years of ministry without demonic interference. Every spirit that Jesus came up to, even when the disciples couldn't get rid of it, every spirit that Jesus came up to, they were like, all right, we're going. Where do you want us to go? Pigs? All right, going to the pigs. See you later, Jesus. Bye. I'm sorry. What if, now I'm just going to put this on the table, Rodney. What if every moment, watch this, what if every season you fully submit to Jesus equals a year of demonic free living? That's conjuncture. I can't, I can't, I can't, it ain't in the scripture. But just consider it. He lived three years after that testing without any demonic oppression. Every time he came up to a demon, the demon had to flee. Because there were three times that the enemy tested him, and he always responded in submission to the scripture. Just a thought. Again, our greatest weapon of spiritual warfare is submission to Christ. Because in essence, we are merely transferring our submission to Christ onto the demonic forces. I can't hang here no longer, but James chapter 2, verse 19 says, even the demons have to flee. They have to tremble. They, they, They have to succumb to the power of Jesus. And so if they have to do that at his name, what are they going to do with you if you submit to his name? Okay. You ready to go home? Verses 17 through 20. When we look at verses 17 through 20, this is the closing passage of this scripture. And we see the end goal of the dynamics of miracle working and spiritual warfare. Listen. The power of Jesus is moving. And these demonic spirits, listen to this. Listen to this. The demonic spirits beat up the sons of Sceva. 
And then the people in the church get spooked. Demonic forces press in, and then the church gets spooked. They get, they get frightened. And then they begin to realize that the enemy can succeed over us if we're not submitted to Jesus. And that, that, that terrible accident, that not even accident, that terrible occurrence took place, but it, watch this, it developed a sense of reverence in the people. You don't believe me? Look, look back at your Bible. Look back at your Bible. Look at verse 17. It says, and this became known to all the residents in Ephesus, both Jew and Greek. Listen to what the scripture says. And fear fell upon them all, and the name of Jesus was extolled. I got to push into this. Sometimes God will allow you to see some stuff to make you aware of the fact that this is not a game. Some of us, some of us, some of us, watch this. Some of us stuff can happen right next to us. Because we, 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 get, we get a little too, um, let's say it like this, we, we get a, too, a little bit too laxed in our liberty. And so Jesus has to remind us, I ain't playing. And stuff will fall right next to us. Boom. Wait a minute. Oh, Jesus, I didn't. Hold on. Father. Yeah. I, I, I just, I, I, I fear falls upon the people and they begin to extol the Lord. Now watch what the scripture says. And also many of those who were now believers came confessing and divulging their practices. Oh. I am not under the assumption that just because you saved, everything you do is saved. And don't you let that cute dress fool you. Don't you let that good speaking in tongues and that nice suit and them shine shoes that somebody got on make you think that everything they do is of the Lord. Because that's some stuff that I used to do before I was saved. Help me, Holy Ghost. And watch this. And here, here's, how, here's how you know some of is still in us. Because if the right song come on right now, you know, this. <laughs> It'll get right, you'll be like, wait a minute, hold on, wait a minute, wait a wait a minute, wait, you'll be like, what happened, like, song went right past your mind and went right to your spine, like, you just like, wait a minute, hold on, wait a minute, wait a minute, turn it off. It may not be a sound, some of us it may be a scent. The demonic activity, watch this, it reminded them of the fact that there was still some stuff in their life that they hadn't submitted to Christ. And so look, look at, look at verse 16, it says so many of them, I mean verse 18 rather, 18 says so many of them who were now believers, they were already believing in Jesus. But even though they were believing in Jesus, they had to recognize that there were practices in their life that were not consistent with the scripture. And I'm just asking 
the believers in this room that, that, that really love God to begin to consider all your practices. And ask yourself, are all of these practices consistent with my faith in Christ? I'm not trying to be a legalist. I, I, I'm not trying to be a fundamentalist and say, you know what, all, you know, all this is sin, all of this is vanity. I'm, I, I'm not trying to go deep in that because I, I like music and I like, I like culture. I like engaging in certain things. But you need to ask yourself, are there practices in my life that are inconsistent with the scripture? Are there things I do in my marriage that are inconsistent with the scripture? Y'all pray for me. Listen, I, 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 I grew up in, in church. I, all I know is Jesus, and everybody I know know Jesus, and, and all of my people know Jesus. But, but my wife and I had to contend with, with people coming into us and, and saying, hey, you know what? If you want to keep your marriage spicy, because you know, you know, you know. You know, sometimes, sometimes. And so, you know, ain't, ain't, nothing, ain't, nothing, wrong with, ain't nothing wrong with getting a participant. We got to, you know, I mean, you know, God will provide, but I mean, you know, you got to do, sometimes you just got to do what you got to do. Uh-huh. And don't, 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 don't look at me like I'm crazy because you, you got an auntie right now that can help you do anything you want to do illegally. Come on, you got a cousin right now that's locked up for helping you. Come on, this thing. All them social security numbers on your tax return is not your children. They came divulging all of their practices. Listen, I'm doing some stuff in my life that is not right. I'm doing some things in my life that is not right. But I don't want to have the, the I, I don't want to get to the place to where I can't fight my enemy because I haven't handled my inner me. I'm going to say this again. I don't want to get to the place to where I can't fight my enemy because I haven't dealt with my inner me. you got to know that there is power in you dealing with yourself. This is a dynamic of the church. It ain't always got to be a crazy altar call. Don't, don't, don't miss what I'm saying. Sometimes we got to see. Watch this. Paul says, I'll allow certain things to happen in the church so that others will see and they'll, and they'll fear. Everybody ain't got to be exposed. Come on. Everybody ain't got to be put out like that. Sometimes we can just, we can just get understanding of, oh, that is not right. And furthermore, we get the understanding, dang, that could have been me. So here's the deal, Jesus. I didn't have this relationship that I ain't told nobody about. And they don't even know I'm saved. I met them at work. And we've been doing lunch for about six months now. But I, I want to I wanna put that on the altar. I got this habit that don't nobody know because I, uh, I, 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 I cover it very well. There's some things that, 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 that I'm doing in my life that, that everybody else don't know about. And because I'm so gifted, my gifting shrouds my issue. 
my gifting shrouds all, 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 all the good I do for people. See, I'm a giver. I'm a giver. I just love, I love giving to people. I love doing for people. And, and I give so well and I give so generously. Nobody dares to ask me about what's going on underneath my sleeve. And so, and so I, I, I'm so kind and, I, and I'm so loving and I, I pray so much and I, and I give so much and I sing so well and I, and, and I preach so good that nobody dares ask me what happens when I go home. And nobody's asking me about that secret Instagram account because nobody knows about it. But I, I've come to the place in my life that if I really want to have power, I got to be purified. I'm moving. And so uh, they, they, they are reverencing and worshiping the Lord Jesus. And we must highlight that those in this passage uh, 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 who choose to believe in Jesus Christ, watch this, uh, uh, they sacrifice their practices and their rituals of the past. And here's the, here's the heavy part. And here's what I got to press in before we get out of here. It costs them. The Bible says that when they summed up, like, like they brought, yo, can I, can, I, can I preach like I feel it? They bought all their toys. They, 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 they bought all their secret stuff. They, 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 they bought all the things that they use to trap people in illicit relationships. They brought everything that, that they use to put on a facade to make people think that they something that they really not. They bought all their bundles. They bought, they, they, bought, they bought all their cell phones uh, that, that, that's not paid for, that, that, that's on installment. They, 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 they bought all that fake stuff that they put a veneer on to make people think that there's something that they're not. And they put it at the altar and it cost them. The Bible says it was 50,000 pieces of silver. Thousands of, thousands of dollars that they brought and they put at the altar. That they get, like, watch this. And the Bible says they burned it. Don't miss this. They didn't give it to somebody else. They burned it. Can I talk to the parents just for a second? I'm about to get out of your way. Be very careful that you don't bequeath your burdens to your children. Be very careful that you don't, that you don't pass on your proclivities. Because some of us, we may, we, we may feel like we didn't outgrown it, but we leave it in the attic. And when our children get older and they start exploring our past, and they start exploring their destiny, their history, because they're trying to prepare themselves for their destiny, they find something in your past, which is their history, that you haven't reconciled. And then they pick that mantle on, and they put that on. And now your children are trying to figure out while they're pedophiles. And while they're so promiscuous. And you recognize it because you see it right away. But you don't want to deal with it. Because then you would have to acknowledge that that was mine. Come on, I got to prophesy to somebody here. Some of y'all right now, some of the stuff your children are doing, you know good and well, that don't even belong to them. 
some of the stuff that your children are wearing, some of the acting out that your children are doing, even in their adulthood, you have to come to the realization that, boo, that ain't even yours. That's mine. Take my coat off. Let's burn it together. We got to get to the plate. Watch this. And, ooh, I, ooh I'm going to say it, Holy Ghost. And you better stop reprimanding your children for doing the same exact thing that you did to them that, they, that, that you did when you were younger if you don't want to deal with the fact that you got to get over that thing. You beating your children for doing the same thing that you got beat for, not understanding that you got to deal with that thing. Dr. Matthew Stevens says, I can exercise a demon. I can get rid of a demon, but I can't exercise a dysfunction. And so there are some things that we have to renounce and that we have to deal with and that we have to put on the table and that we have to put on the altar of sacrifice and that we have to burn it up. Lord, I submit this to you. I'm moving. But the longer you hide it from yourself and others, the more of a liability it becomes to your destiny. Here it is. You can, aff- you can afford to deal with it now and not have much repercussion happen. But what about when they grown? What about when you're in such a position that you dealing with this in this season of your life could mess up your whole empire? Can I push deeper, Kina? This is probably why some of us haven't got the big break that we want yet. Because God says, I can't risk you having the break that I want to give you. And then you get up on the platform and then you crumble because you ain't dealt with the demons in your foundation. They came and said, God, I'm giving this all to you. I got some practices. I'm, I, I, I do some black magic. I do, you know, I, I play some stuff. I do some stuff. I'm, I'm engaged in some things that I know are unholy. I know that are ungodly. I'm in, I'm in some relationships. I'm, I'm, in, I'm in some organizations. I'm in some things. I'm, 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 I'm connected in some stuff that I know is not of God. I'm connected in some things that I know that is outside of the realm of spirituality as it relates to godliness. And so I'm coming today to submit it. And they understood that no matter how much this costs me, it's not worth my soul, nor is it worth my destiny. Why would you walk in here every Sunday bound when freedom is readily available in the room? The product of their sacrifice was that the word of God increased and prevailed. Now here it is. Because I hear, I, 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 I've had some people come to me and say, you know what? Bishop, man, l- l- listen, we, we have some good worship here, good word here. We try to, man, why, why our church ain't, ain't busting at the scene? Why we not doing multiple service? Why we ain't, I mean, you know, like, man, we, we got some good going on here. Notice, notice what the scripture says. Because this is the answer to that question. It says, after... They confessed. 
after they sacrificed, after they burned all of their incantation books and, and their black magic and all of, the, all of their dark lifestyles, all, 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 all of their pseudo personalities and, and all of their fake accounts and, and their illicit relationships and all the side chicks and all the situationships and, and all, all of that stuff that we know is not of God, all, all of those illegal things that we do to make money, understanding that God is the giver of all good things and if we just gave to him like we were supposed to, he would supply all of our needs according to his All that stuff, once we put it on the altar and burned it away, here's what he says. He said, and then the word of God increased and prevailed. Here's the last point I have for you. When we, not just the preacher, not just the pastoral team, but when we live lives sacrificed to God, the word will increase and prevail. You want your church to grow? Live holy. You want to see God do miracles, signs, and wonders? Give up your nasty ways. You want to see God do something dynamic through your hands? Submit to Jesus in the place that you are most unwilling to submit. And don't, and don't get it twisted. It's not, it's not all sexual. It's, it's, it's not, it's, it's not all, that, that's not the only thing. Because some of us, we got pride and unforgiveness. And, and, and we, got, we got anger issues. Come on, we, we, we got things that we don't want to deal with. We, we got mama and daddy issues. And, and, and now we, we hold that against everybody else. We got authority issues. We got, there's, there's all kinds of things that we need to sacrifice to God. You know, some of us are too deep in our fraternity, our sorority. Some of us are too deep in relationships. And some of us, we trust God, but we also got somebody else that we talk to that's a psychic. And so we have to say, why do I, how does the word increase? How does the church prevail? How do we move forward when we submit ourselves to Christ? This is how we increase the dynamics of the church of Jesus Christ. Now, I'm not putting nobody on blast this morning. I don't know your issue. It's noonday now. I don't know where you are. I don't know what you're going through. But I know this. God is able. The Bible says if you confess your faults. And here's the crazy part. In this scripture, this scripture goes far beyond confession. This, this, this scripture lifts up renunciation. This, this scripture talks about disavowing yourself. And I don't know what this is going to cost you in this new week. But I encourage you to take good survey of your life. And just look for one thing this week. That you know that this thing that I do, God is not pleased with. And ask him to give you the strength to sacrifice that one thing. I told Pastor Kenny this in the back, and, and, and my, my, my pastor was, was challenging me about, about exactness, about living exact. I told Pastor Kenny this in the office. I said, man, one person on our team actually sanctifying ourselves in a certain place, sacrificing something to God, just one person could probably manifest to 20 people coming into a seat. 
20 people coming into the, the knowledge of Jesus Christ because of their sacrifice. Imagine what would happen in heavenly vision if every one of us this week went home and said, God, we're going to sacrifice one thing to you. What would happen in the next seven days in the kingdom? What would happen in our families, in our lives, if we just lived lives that were sacrificed to God? Father, I lift up to you my brothers and my sisters. I lift all of us up to you corporately. We want to have a dynamic church. We want to live dynamic lives. But we understand that those dynamics will be manifested through our submission to you and our sacrificing of anything in our life that's not like you. And so, Father, shed light on our dark places. Come in to the secret spaces. Give us the boldness. Give us the ability to make the changes we need to make so that we can be the people you've called us to be in the name of Jesus. We declare that we shall be a dynamic church. And it is so. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Did anybody receive a word from the Lord today? Praise the Lord. Were you blessed by the message you just heard? If so, please leave a review so others can glean from the lessons you learned. And if you would like to help us continue ministry, feel free to give at hvcla.com. We love you, family.